Probably uh, good to good to kind of kick things off. Um, you know, again, just really appreciate everyone taking the time to uh, to join us today, and hopefully, you know, everybody can can learn a little bit more about the project and get some of their questions answered. Uh, again, kind of like how I mentioned in the in the announcement, just you know, feel free to kind of upvote and react to the the questions that you see as most uh, most important, most applicable, best questions, because we want to hone in on the high quality questions to be able to hopefully get in and out in about a you know half hour, 45 minutes at the very most, um, make this you know as efficient use of your time as possible and help you help you learn along the way. So um, with that, I just want to kind of kick things off and get into the main topic of today, which is understanding canonical vaults and talk a little bit about that. And then after that, we'll move into the questions that were asked in advance and then and then the live questions that we get. So, um, you know, I'm just going to kind of walk you through, you know, what what are the canonical vaults? Uh, you know, when are they when are they coming? Uh, you know, what is it? What TVL is being targeted? And, and really, what does it mean for for you as a as e access holder, or at least I hope hope you're a holder if you're if you're joining us today. Um, so from there, um, you know, basically, I'm sure I'm sure if you've spent some time in the Discord, you've heard, uh, you know, V3 or Era2 or Canonical Vaults, and um, so you know, it's the the main kind of vision for the project is uh, Canonical Vaults. That's uh, TMC's uh, brainchild. And it's, uh, you know, we're looking to, to launch that in, in era two in uh, mid-July. So, um, you know, kind of what is it? So we're looking to expand the amount of assets that we that we offer uh, for deposits. So right now, you know, just, just sticking to the stable coin MetaVault. And then we're gonna, you know, branch out to Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, Link. And so, you know, that in itself will create a lot of market opportunity and expand the addressable market. And the nice part is, is that these assets, the, the yield that people are earning on them is much lower than on stables. So it's a, it's pretty easy to, to compete and, you know, attract TVL. And that was really uh, laid out really nicely in the, the distribution pro, uh, proposal, the uh, YIP9 that, you know, passed pretty pretty handily by the community. So I think that that message really resonated with people. But, you know, for people that maybe weren't around in the community back then and and want to learn a little bit more about canonical vaults and some of the TVL being targeted, I think, you know, today presents a good opportunity for that. So basically just going to walk you through kind of how yield would be earned and then some example TVL out there and then how we plan to kind of capitalize on it. So basically the two there's basically two major ways that you would be able to earn yield so you're gonna um, plug existing vaults so deposit into existing vaults with the native asset so for example badgers um, wrapped bitcoin vault or alpha uh, and alpha hamora uh, their ethereum um, ethereum pool you know those have native yield like on the on the native asset that you're actually depositing and then the other way is to post these assets as collateral um, and borrow stables, stable coins against them, and then just find a higher yield than the borrow rate. Like 
you know, a really easy example is that the Meta Vault right now, you know, giving, you know, 30%, uh, 40% um, APR, you know, you can borrow somewhere for 10, 15% on stables right now and just capture that spread. So, you know, that's another way to kind of to, to earn yield on, on those underlying assets. And the nice part is, is, um, you know, we'll obviously be seeking out always like the best strategies to do that and also pooling capital. So maybe somebody with a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars, that strategy doesn't really make a lot of sense for you because by the time you post the asset as collateral, withdraw stables against it and deposit them somewhere else, you've spent, you know, 10 or 20 percent of the APY that you were open to earn just in gas. So by pooling assets, it's going to expand opportunity and allow smaller users to participate in that. And that's really just the whole goal of the project and really making it just making DeFi just easier and more accessible. Um, and then in addition, I mean, Bobby kind of dropped this last week, the idea of a you know, Bitcoin bridge partnership to really bring on some, some native Bitcoin as well uh, and just kind of branching out into that community. So again, another kind of addressable uh, capital pool for us. And just some example TVL on the market. I mean, uh, like Alpha Hamora has or has like $550 million worth of Ethereum right now, earning less than like 4% yield last time I checked, um, which was, you know, a few, few hours ago. And then, uh, you know, Badger has about 400, uh, a little over 400 million in a wrapped uh, Bitcoin vault, earning under 30%, which obviously 30% is really good yield. But we have that market position at the top of the stack where we can just you know, plug into these underlying strategies and then offer some some Yaxis tokens on top, you know, boost that boost that yield and then draw the TVL and then capitalize on the buybacks from that. Um, so that's really just the big advantage of having our position at the kind of the top of the yield stack and kind of as, as was laid out in the distribution proposal, like at a $30 token price, even at $1 billion of TVL, we could still deliver a 13% boost on the underlying strategy yield, which is more than enough to attract this TVL. So that, you know, 4% Ethereum yield goes to 17%. And so that's a huge, huge opportunity for, um, for, for people to want to move their capital over to the, the Y-axis uh, canonical vaults. And so that's just, just some examples to kind of give you guys an idea. And like those two, capital pools just in those two places are a billion dollars right there. Not not even including uh, Link, which is like like I said before, something that we could post as collateral and and, and borrow against to find better uh, better yield on those stables. And um, you know, another component of canonical vaults, we've mentioned this as well, is is gauges. So, you know, this is a concept popularized by Curve, where basically you're able to lock in staking and divert uh, using voting power by locking and staking, you can, uh, you know, divert emissions to your desired vault. So obviously, Y-axis has some pretty strong ties to the Link community. So maybe, you know, Link is going to be the vault that gets the most emissions diverted to it. We'll see. Um, and there's not a lot of competition in the Link space. So that could be a really big opportunity, big opportunity for us. So, um, you know, looking at gauges is having a time lock component. So I know that's uh, been something that people have kind of been been asking for and looking for, and it just brings added token utility. So that kind of brings us to the next topic: is you know what does this really mean for the access holders? Is you know gauges 
give uh, staking with gauges and uh, canonical vaults gives you that added token utility of being able to vote and divert emissions to your desired vault. So it creates utility not only from you know the the revenue to the token, but then also um, also actually integrating the utility of the token into the platform and, and actually using it to use the platform. And it's pretty unique in that sense and, and, you know, value accrual and then utility with the platform, you know, not, not many tokens really offer both of those components. So, you know, pretty, pretty strong there. And then, um, you know, currently we're doing about, it's about $18,000 worth a day uh, in buybacks when we were at like 200 million TVL. That was like, you know, we were steady at that level for a few days and that was kind of what we were buying back. So just to give you an idea, and then so at $1 billion of TVL, like I kind of laid out before, um, you know, that would be $90,000 per day or $33 million a year, which is larger than the current market cap itself. Um, and that's exactly why you just want to kind of farm a, a bigger stack now and just capture those, uh, you know, capture those future buybacks and, and those future cash flows. And just to jump in uh, from me, just to say that that's based off of a, a curve strategy, right? So that's with quite a low underlying yield. So the better strategies that we can deploy, um, the more yield that we are generating for ourselves and the more buybacks we get from that. So it's definitely in our interest to uh, continually develop new and better strategies that we can uh, integrate into our vaults. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Bobby. And, um, you know, with that kind of just wraps up a, a quick overview of you know what what canonical vaults are and if you have any like further questions you know feel free to to toss them in i'd love to you know see some questions see some questions on there so um with that we're going to kind of move into the questions that were asked in advance and we'll try to run through these relatively quick and combine them where we can and then we'll move into the the live questions from there um so zemus you know by special requests uh <laughs> Uh, he asks, why would I ask a question for the Q&A when all I want to do is learn more about y-axis? Well, I guess what we'll say to that is just hopefully that intro helped and helped you learn a little bit more about the, the product launch ahead and the vision for the project. And, you know, we'd love to love to have you around, love to have you keeping it light always in the in the chat, um, you know, and, and accumulating with your with your food, food money there. Um, <laughs> Uh, SRA1 uh, asks, you know, how is APY and APR determined for the stake Y-axis? Um, you know, we had a forum discussion about that, so I don't know if somebody can link that for uh, for you there. But, you know, it's it's a fixed reward per block, so it's purely based on the number of tokens in the pool. The more tokens in the pool, the less uh, reward will go to each token. Um, so it's just, it, it should kind of decrease over time, but then the, uh, you know, champions, uh, the uh, great harvest should should also you know give you a little added boost. Although I don't know too many projects that are offering the, the staking rewards that that Y axis is offering right now. Um, and so I'm gonna combine um, Upper Foot's question with Big Poppy with Thunder PL's question because they all were asking about um, eligibility for the um, the great harvest. And so, you know, really, really appreciate all the community feedback and discussion that uh, took place on that. And I know, you know, the team's, the team's putting together a proposal, finalizing it right now. I'm supposed to, you know, 
expect to hear something, you know, early next week on that. Uh, you know, wanted to just take the time to really work hard and, and make a good, fair eligibility mechanism and really a fair proposal. And that just, you know, maximizes the development resources we have and ensures that the development resources go to the product because that's the main thing. And then, but still making it, um, you know, still rewarding, uh, you know, early adopters and, and making it, you know, the best the best program that we can do. So really just achieving that that balance between development resources and then a good a good program and wanting to reward everyone that's here and allow you to you know gain some rewards against that that stack of tokens that you've been able to grow throughout era one and you will continue to be able to grow um so again you know all the things about eligibility and qualifications and all that that will be you know look for some early next week um and then uh, another question was about more utility for uh, the Yaxis token, for example, like an NFT program for all stakers uh, and, and like a lottery component. Um, you know, it's definitely a great idea. And I, and I think that something like that is, pro is kind of already in the works uh, with the champions table, uh, great harvest kind of component. So um, definitely look out for the proposal early next week and then you know, let us know what you think in, the, in that regard. And if there's something that you would like to add or a component that's, you know, that you'd like to see included in addition, then, um, you know, feel free to, to um, you know, comment and, and provide feedback there. Um, well, we obviously always open to incorporating feedback. That was why that we had that original discussion as well. Um, Timmy Toes had a question about uh, Chainlink's oracles. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if we're really in a position to, to kind of answer that one. I think that would probably be more of a question for, for Chainlink, um, unfortunately. And then 2D. So just, sorry, Colt, I'm just <laughs> jumping yeah, in. No, quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chainlink, we used to have uh, some Chainlink price feeds uh, inside the MetaVault, um, but we actually took them out because they were creating some issues with the conversion between different stable assets. Um, so they've been taken out temporarily. So we'll just see if we can reintroduce them in the future as well. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Appreciate that added detail and color. Um, so 2DA added, uh, asked, what new strategies are being implemented in the future? Possible Ave yield farming using L2s. Um, you know, welcome to, obviously welcome to propose new strategies on the on the forum and uh in, in discourse and then you know on the l2 front i think we're just waiting to see which ones really have some some traction over time and some sustained traction uh before kind of committing development resources uh in addition above and beyond v3 to something that you know might might kind of come and go with the wind so that's sort of i think the philosophy before but i don't know if bob bobby would be a little better to speak on that probably uh, yeah, I mean, so like I, I touched on earlier, the strategies are obviously crucial to us for how much buybacks we can generate. Um, and as well as at scale, once we have you know, a billion, two billion TVL, um, then the amount that the emissions adds onto the API is, is quite negligible compared to what we can give from the underlying strategy. So for sure, in time, that has got to be a huge focus of us. And we're trying to onboard at the moment a strategy developer uh, into a full-time role, someone that's um, built some of the strategies before for us back in January from a bounty. We're trying to uh, get them on board. Um, yeah, so that's definitely something we'll look to doing all, all sorts of different things. And it is going to be essentially a full-time role for someone to, to dive into. 
Um, our current team is obviously focused on the core offering, uh, the core V3 and the vaults and the gauges. Um, and yeah, we hope that someone else can come in and um, help us build out a whole range of different strategies as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said before, always welcome to, to, to add anything on into the discussion on, uh, on the forum. Um, and then there's another question about is, is the strategy for link to leverage the bank or pool? And if yes, how do we plan to secure a spot? Uh, the bank or pool is full at all times. Yes, definitely aware of that. And that's why, you know, link is such a huge opportunity for Y axis because there's not a lot of places to put your link to earn yield. Um, so as you kind of mentioned before, you can use link as collateral on Aave, you can borrow against usually around like 10% on a stable and then deposit the stables into a higher, higher yielding strategy. Um, so you can kind of create like a synthetic 20% yield on, uh, on the, on the link in addition to some, some Yaxis on top. And I think that should definitely be enough to really, really draw a lot of link, uh, link capital and link holders, especially given the, the strong ties to the um, Y-axis community. And, and for us, like that's definitely our focus because as we see now, like USD stable coins, the, the market for yield is quite competitive. You need to have kind of like at least 40, 50, 60% to, to be attractive or to kind of draw in any TVL over others. Um, but with link or, or Bitcoin or uh, Ethereum, it's not really like that. So you can make much more efficient use of your tokens. Um, you know, right now we need to churn out tokens to bring in TVL for the USD vaults. Um, but that kind of mid-stop when we have our V3 out, uh, we're not going to need anywhere near as, as many emissions. Uh, and then in the future, when we go towards institutional capital, they don't need any emissions at all. So it's definitely like a stop or a focus for us to go to those um, assets like Link or BTC because they represent 70% of all crypto assets out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, last kind of the last like pre asked question was um, McDuff. I thought this was a pretty, uh, a pretty great question. Um, it's like perhaps the harvest rewards could be like options and tied to a strike price where it's sort of like you get rewards at each strike price. Um, so it kind of maintains incentive to stay in. Um, if you cash out pre-stake, you are, you are penalized. Like you just don't receive the full amount of the rewards. Um, and I guess like, you know, my, my personal thoughts would be, this is a great idea. I'm just not sure about the, you know, development resources that are going to V3 to make something kind of complicated like that. But I mean, it's definitely a pretty innovative idea. I don't know if Bobby has anything more to add on to that. Yeah, so in um, in era two, we're going to have the gauges and we can do different things with the, the rewards contracts for that. Um, right now, with the contracts that are already deployed, it's not so easy to just change it. You know, you'd need to ask people to um, withdraw funds and then restake again and different things like this, uh, as well as the fact that we just want to make sure that we hit that um, deadline for era two and make sure that everything's there. Um, but yeah, in era two, we'll be introducing those kind of features. And one of them, for example, um, could be like Ellipsis did recently where, um, you know, if you withdraw early, if you withdraw soon, then you have to pay a penalty back to the government's con contract, which then gets redistributed amongst everyone else. Things like that we can do. So that those kind of things are up for discussion and we're talking about them. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Um, alrighty, so moving into, uh, you know, 
some of the the live questions here. So Timmy Toes asked in a delegated staking strategy, what would happen if there were a flash crash of the underlying asset? Um, so I, you know, the, the goal of, of always a, uh, you know, a, a canonical vol is to just earn yield on the underlying asset, not necessarily, um, you know, just looking to outperform the underlying asset by a, by a certain amount of yield, not necessarily uh, to make the underlying asset go up, we wouldn't have any, you know, control over that. Because if you try to get into that game, then you could potentially underperform the asset on the upside. So always just trying to give yield and just outperform the underlying. Um, and then so another question about, you know, in incentives in era two to keep your your access staked. And I think we've talked about that pretty extensively with the with the gauges. And Bobby just kind of talked a little bit about some of the optionality that opens up. Um, you know, that's really, uh, truly an innovative tool for us to, to really add more utility into the, into the token, um, and, and its use into the actual platform in addition to kind of a, uh, you know, a revenue generator. Um, and Timmy Toes asked, uh, do you think that the vaults that are losing on the gauges? So he's basically saying, uh, he or she's basically saying, um, you know, the, if the if the vaults are losing, uh, basically, like if they're not getting as many votes for the emissions, um, do you think they might lose TVL? And you know, TVL is always a, uh, you know, it's always a, a product of of um, I mean, sorry, emission. I mean, sorry, <laughs> APY is always a product of TVL in the vault. So, you know, even if something is getting less emissions and there's less a, uh, less APY to higher TVO, then assets might withdraw and it sort of rebalances and then it will bump up the APY again and then people will, you know, redeposit. And even if, let's say, you know, a lot of the emissions end up going to link, like the link vault, for example, then maybe that becomes like our kind of cornerstone, uh, cornerstone vault and, you know, we pull in a ton of TVL there. And it's still uh, it's still giving buybacks in, in the same sense. So the uh, you know like I kind of laid out at the outset is even at one billion TVL across all the vaults, it doesn't really matter where um, you're you're gonna still be able to give that 13% boost. Uh, so so really well positioned to operate at scale even of one billion dollars in TVL. So it doesn't really matter which vault is receiving the emissions because it's it's all gonna you know generate to generate to revenue for the for the product yeah i think you're right in saying that it is like self-balancing essentially um for natural kind of market dynamics um but just to to confirm to people it is like a weighted vote so you're not going to get zero if no one votes for the uh the btc votes you're not going to get zero emissions right uh it's weighted and then in the other extreme if everyone's voted for link uh for example uh, if you come in as a new Ethereum holder and you want to vote for that, uh, your vote is more powerful because you're the only one voting for that. So there is like a weighted balance which helps things uh, recover um, back to kind of an equal uh, an equilibrium. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah, just as happens now with the with the curve style gauges, um, and that's been really successful for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Neil asked a, asked a great question. Uh, Bobby, I'm probably going to sling this one your way. Uh, basically, what is the delta between uh, funds showing interest in Y-axis and actually getting them on board? 
Um, you know, what are the maybe some of the risk compliance uh, regulatory systems? What, what are some of those like hurdles into to actually getting them from from interest to onboarded? Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, that's one reason why we go through these gateways as, as a, like an intermediary, essentially. Uh, I don't think that someone like Black, BlackRock uh, will go straight into Y-axis. Uh, they're probably going to go through someone else. So typically, the flow of funds is that um, an intermediary crypto fund would be raising, would they'll be pitching their own funds to their own clients, such as BlackRock, and they'd try and close a round of, say, $50 million that they can then invest into different uh, DeFi projects, um, if you imagine. Uh, and those kind of companies are more comfortable investing directly with Y-axis. And we've seen some large deposits. Um, we've seen one of 30 million, one of 27 million, another of 20 million, for example. Uh, and these aren't coming from like Joe blogs on the street. They're coming from professional entities uh, that are choosing Y-axis. So that's it's pleasing to see that we already have some traction uh, in that regard for USD. Um, but then on top of that, we're looking at more like professional entities for link like node validators, for example, or uh, BTC miners, big mining companies, uh, people that are going to be holding on to that underlying asset and they just want to earn yield on it. Um, so there are some companies out there that have raised huge amounts of digital assets and, and they're storing those and they're not earning anything. So uh, we really want to be pitching to those kind of people as well. And then I'd say like the third type of uh, project is also to treasuries. So many different uh, crypto projects have managed to raise, you know, hundreds of millions somehow into their, into their project treasuries, uh, and they're looking for a way to generate yield off of it. And that's another way for us to easily uh, hook those projects who are already inside the DeFi space or crypto world, at least, um, into our vaults as well. So there's lots of different angles for us, lots of different business development opportunities for us. And it's just for us to go out there and start pitching. Yeah, thank you, Bobby. I mean, that's fantastic. And I know, especially on the miner front, like a lot of these miners want to continue to hold hold the underlying asset, especially Ethereum. Like Ethereum miners are just absolutely printing for the last, you know, last year they've been doing so well and, you know, wanted to hold on to that Ethereum and not really having a place to go and earn good yield on it. But if we can offer that, then, you know, it's fantastic. And I know Bobby's been mentioning some potential conversations with with some of the with some of the miners. So um, you know, that's another another potential pool of pool of capital and, you know, exciting to see already the, the results so far and that will continue as we open up more asset classes. Yeah, I think I mentioned it in the Discord um, a few days ago, but yeah, I had an interesting conversation recently with uh, someone with an intermediary, essentially, and they said exactly the same to me in reverse, where uh, they have those big clients already who are looking to get into DeFi, but they just have no way... Uh, they just don't know what to do with it and the intermediary doesn't know what to do with it either um so it's nice to hear that kind of confirmation of that um of of what we're trying to do basically and that there is a real demand for that uh, and they are looking for uh projects to deposit significant capital into absolutely so um last last uh want to try to wrap up some of these questions here within the next few minutes so if you've got one you know uh, I'd probably get it out kind of soon, I think. So there's a, a question about problems uh, that QuantStamp discovered with the QuantStamp audit. Um, so that was addressed by closing the vault to um, just uh, the three CRV token and just accepting those deposits to prevent any arbitrage opportunity. Um, so that was already handled, I believe, mid-April that was announced. Um, 
it was prior to the uh, prior to the uh, revamp metabolic going live because at higher TVL it became a potential risk vector. So the team kind of just proactively closed that and and um, you know resolved that issue completely. So uh, you know that that's something that was proactively done. And then you know Get Gouda did a great job pulling those curve contracts onto the the UI to make that uh, conversion a little bit more user friendly. And then looking toward V3 and accepting all stables um, once again. So I don't know if Bobby had anything anything else on that. Um, yeah, no, it's just just like you said, essentially, we are trying to get Quantstamp actually to update that audit just to reflect the fact that we have closed that um, that risk off. So uh, we, we do talk to them um, uh, quite regularly. We have an open chat with them. So uh, we are trying to get them just to clarify that just to make sure that people aren't um, distressed or see it as still like an open threat. Absolutely. Um, and Upperfoot mentioned for the New Age banks, uh, you know, would what like a Revolut, um, would there be an opportunity to introduce um, the MetaVault onto their apps as a method of earning for the masses? Uh, you know, Bobby, I don't know if you have any any thoughts on this. I know like fiat on ramps and those types of partners are definitely definitely in the works. Definitely, I think we're still seeing um, such early days of DeFi. And when people um, see the kind of returns that people are able to get, they all want to get involved and definitely expect those kind of uh, companies, um, even like new age ones, like you mentioned there, like Revolut, or even traditional ones like Visa, for example, we see them trying to get into DeFi in the future and to, to try and take part. So um, yeah, those are definitely a, another category of people that we can try and uh, drum up some. I think actually Mr. Um, mentioned one of those to me earlier. So that's something that we can try and do uh, and to see if we can start off slowly with them basically and build up a, a relationship. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And and I think, you know, a partner like that is going to turn some to somebody like Y-Axis that's just, you know, handling all of the details and all of the DeFi native knowledge for them and just kind of turning that over to a trusted partner that's, you know, been audited multiple times and, and, and all of the above. Um, so I think that's, uh, you know, something, something that we, we could continue to pursue in the future and a, and a really great opportunity and, you know, we're, we're in a great, um, a great position to attract that capital for sure. Um, so we're going to make, I, I see, you know, somebody type in, so probably going to make that one the, the last question here. So, um, you know, we'll get that, uh, get that last question wrapped up, but, you know, fantastic questions today. Uh, you know, really, really good stuff. And hopefully, um, you know, hopefully everyone's just really learning more about the project and really, you know, the, the big things that lie ahead for us. I think the key is, is building something that the market wants and that's what the team seems to be doing. And, you know, all the conversations that Bobby's been having seem to uh, only reinforce that. Like I said, um, you know, just waiting for this last question to, to get typed up here and then we should be, yep. Um, I've seen that you're gonna publish. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I, like I said, I would expect a proposal, you know, early next week. So uh, I don't know, Bobby, do you wanna share any, any additional, uh, any additional information or details on that? ahead of ahead of that or just kind of like just wait for uh just wait for that proposal 
yeah, I mean, I've started typing up today, actually. So um, that's something that we can re reveal pretty, pretty shortly, and it should answer all your questions. Fair enough, like when we initially announced it, um, you know, it probably needed more thought, actually. So although that the, the original spirit and the concept of it is still there, uh, we had to just go back and think about it a little bit more. And that's what we've done. So we'll um, be sharing that shortly in the coming days. Yeah, sounds great. And, you know, thank you again to all the community feedback on that. And I think that's really going to help it, uh, you know, evolve and, and, and be something that the community wants. So, um, you know, looking forward to that. And, and like I said, the, the great opportunities that lie, lie ahead and just happy to be in this sort of, uh, you know, pre-launch environment. We're able to just kind of, you know, farm up tokens throughout the era and then, you know, looking forward to the, the big, uh, the big vision with, with V3. So thank you. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. And, like I said, hopefully you learned something new today and hope hope to see you around and feel free to ask any other questions that might have come up, you know, via DM or just in any of the Discord channels. So, you know, thank you again and uh, and take care.